Good morning. It's uh, 5 a.m. as I'm filming this video because I got to go uh, catch a flight later today because I, uh, I surprised my wife with some World Series tickets because her love languages are gifts and acts of service and I'm hoping that this gift results in her servicing me. Actually, <laughs> actually, James, don't include this. Do not include this. I am trusting you. Yeah, welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show, you beautiful bastards. And hey, before we get started, go ahead and hit that like button to help spread some common sense news coverage here on the YouTubes. It is very much needed. And also, I want to warn you, unlike most shows, today we're starting off different. I'm going to start with the heaviest story of the day because I really want to get out what I say at the end of that story to as many people as possible. And so let's just jump into that first thing and talk about this heartbreaking and infuriating story involving a TikToker with nearly a million followers who's now been arrested and charged with two counts of first degree murder. With that TikToker being 29 year old Ali Abulaban, AKA Jin Kid, who's mostly known for his comedy skits and impersonations of people like Tony Montana from Scarface, as well as having a pretty large following on Instagram and YouTube with his most popular content being his Skyrim and real life series. So if he looks familiar to you, that is most likely why. But main thing here, Ali is accused of fatally shooting Anna Abulaban, his estranged wife, and the mother of his five-year-old daughter, as well as her friend, 29-year-old Rayburn Barron. And according to prosecutors, Ali had been living in a hotel and stalking his wife since she asked him to move out of their San Diego, California apartment on October 18th. Three days after she kicked him out, Ali allegedly snuck back into the apartment while she was gone. He trashed it and installed a listening device on his five-year-old daughter's iPad, with him later apparently listening in. And when he heard Anna talking and laughing with another man in the apartment, he rushed over to the unit and opened fire, striking the man three times and shooting his wife in the head. And afterward, Ali allegedly called his mother to confess before picking up his daughter from school. Ali then even calling the police himself while driving on the highway with him being arrested shortly after. Reportedly, he confessed to the killing when speaking to detectives and accused his wife of cheating, though prosecutors believe that the man was only a friend. And it's also worth noting, both for this story as well as if you are in a relationship where this happens, this is not the first time that Ali had been violent towards his wife. Just last month, she filed a police report claiming that he pushed and injured her. Prosecutors even saying that Anna planned to file for a restraining order against him. As of right now, despite everything we just said and talked about, Ali is reportedly pled not guilty to the murders as well as special circumstance allegations of multiple killings. Also, as far as what justice can be served, right, what would the punishment be? If convicted, he faces a life sentence without parole, though the charges and special allegations also allow prosecutors to pursue the death penalty if he's convicted. So for now, we have to wait and see. He's currently being held without bail. A judge also issued a protective order that requires him to stay away from his daughter who is being cared for by relatives. So one, just a, a scary, horrifying story that, you know, it's important we cover, but also two. I say this as someone who has covered news for a very long time as well as a child who watched his mother get abused. It, it won't stop. If you are in a relationship and you are being abused, it will not stop. It will escalate. I know our brains can be very weird. Sometimes they work against us, but when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Something I've always said, and I'll believe, and I'll pass this on to you, words matter. Actions define you. Find a friend, find a support system, try and figure out how to get out and stay safe because even let's say you know she even got this restraining order like the number of times on this show where we've had someone that, that did everything that you think that you're supposed to do and then they still get hurt they still get killed it's incredibly troubling and i think it, it speaks to how our, our system really doesn't protect victims. That often feeling like it's like built to clean up the mess rather than actually prevent it from happening. But yeah, that's where I'm gonna leave this first story and also pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts here? Like, what do you want to see happen? When you see a story like this, are you like, yes, the life in prison makes sense or no, you want them to pursue the death penalty? Like over the years, I've flip-flopped on my thoughts of capital punishment, but when I, when I see a story like this, I'm like, yeah, I'll prosecute that person and then bury them under the prison. But also, I say that as someone that is very aware that when it, when it comes to punishments with, with stories and, and crimes like this, 
my emotions take the lead. And then let's talk about Charlie Kirk and the right-wing organization he runs, Turning Point USA, which of course is known for catering to fans of far-right conspiracies in the news for, you know, not completely insane and scary reasons. It turns out if you continue to push and spread bullshit like uh, the government's response to COVID-19 is secretly meant to subjugate the populace or that the 2020 election was stolen from Donald Trump, that sometimes maybe people get pushed to the edge. Resulting in moments like this one captured from an Idaho event he did this week. It's part of his exposing critical racism tour. And as you'll see in the video, one of the attendees asked a uh, very interesting and really chill question. At this point, we're living under corporate and medical fascism. This is tyranny. When do we get to use the guns? No, and I'm, and, I, and I'm not, that's not a joke. I'm not saying it like that. I mean, literally, where's the line? How many elections are they going to steal before we kill these people? So, no, I, I, I no, hold on. I, I'm, no, stop. You know, nothing more chill than someone saying, hey, when do we get to use the guns to kill our political opponents and then a crowd cheering? And for his part, Kirk responds by denouncing what this man said, but not for the reason that you might think, like, murder is bad. No, I, 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 no, hold on. I, I'm... No, stop. Hold on. Now I'm going to denounce that. I'm going to tell you why. Because you're playing into all their plans and they're trying to make you do this. That's okay. Just hear me out. You started with a compliment, so at least give me a little bit. <laughs> they are trying to provoke you and everyone here. They are trying to make you do something that will be violent, that will justify a takeover of your freedoms and liberties, the likes of which we have never seen. Right, so this video spreads, it goes semi-viral in general. There are a number of people that are like, what the fuck? But then we also saw right-wingers defending Kirk, saying, hey, he denounced it, kind of ignoring the reason why he denounced it, as well as going back to the classics, saying that this was false flag. With right-wing figures like Jack Wasobic tweeting, a plant tried to entrap Charlie Kirk last night. He didn't take the bait. Feds and instigators everywhere these days because populism is surging. Right, he kind of reminds me of the guy we showcased last week that was like, no, at January 6th, it was all the feds. It was Antifa. But also, you know, Jack, let's play your game. Let's say even though there are people on the internet who have found who this guy is and, and what he does and all that. Let's say he was a plant. What about the crowd that cheered on killing political opponents? This is what happens when you flood the online conversation with consistent lies and misinformation. You're like arsonists denouncing the fire you threw gasoline on. Like at some point you're pursued for fame and money and power. Like there's gotta be a limit, right? No, you're just gonna keep on fucking stoking the insanity and when then something horrible happens, you're like, oh, but I didn't mean like that. I don't even know how to end this story. Jesus Christ. Then in, y'all, is this messed up? News, let's talk about Jane Rivera. And Jane's an influencer I think 99% of you probably have never heard of, but she blew up over the past week because of some photos she posted to Instagram. Photos of her posing in front of her now deceased father's open casket. And so I ask you, y'all, is this fucked up? In general, a lot of the reactions we've seen online are people going, what the hell is wrong with you? But also there were people defending her saying, hey, everyone grieves in their own way. And the story grew to a point where you had NBC covering this. Uh, she even gave a statement to them saying she understood the negative reception and saying she took the photos with the best intentions and a man my father would have approved with had he still been alive. For me, I treated the celebration as if my father was right next to me, posing for the camera as he had done on many occasions prior, and adding there is nothing wrong with what I posted and I stand by that. So yeah, that said, uh, my question again, huh? What do you think? But from that, I want to take a second to pay some bills and thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Keeps. Did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time that they're 35? Maybe you have that friend or family member that's dealing with hair loss right now, and if you see that and you don't want to deal with that, you don't have to just sit 
idly by because now is the time to do something about it. Because Keeps helps you stop hair loss before it's too late with their scientific and affordable approach to treatments that are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. And Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA approved hair loss products that are out there. So some of you may have actually already tried them before, but probably never at this price. And you can get these products delivered directly to your door. That means no more going in person to the doctor's office for your prescription, saving you both valuable time and money. So if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash DeFranco, or just click that link in the description down below to receive 50% off your first order. And then let's talk about YouTube killing your favorite creators. Right, over the past few years, we've talked about creator burnout and more and more creators have come out and talked about it. This week, especially we heard from two massive creators that really opened up about what they're going through now, as well as what they've gone through in the past. The first being one of the most subscribed creators on this platform, PewDiePie, opening up about having a drinking problem, saying that around 2017, 2018, he would drink liquor every day, not realizing that it was addicted until he tried to scale it back. And that's when I realized, oh sh maybe I have a problem. And uh, that's why I quit drinking for a few months, because I thought, you know, I need to show that I'm the, I'm the one in control. And then adding a few months later, he was like, okay, maybe I'm okay. He started drinking again. And this time he was dealing with a lot of public controversies and anxieties related to it. Drinking to sort of escape emotions is a recipe for disaster. But Felix also tying that addiction to his YouTube addiction. I was still not just addicted to escaping these emotions by drinking, but also I think I was addicted to YouTube and I was so scared of losing YouTube through all these controversies that I, uh, I was fueling one addiction because out of my fear of losing another one. Well, he said he was nowhere near the point that most people might think of, right? Where uh, someone might lose their job or their family because of alcohol. He did really struggle with quitting and experience withdrawals. It was really rough, especially because I was having withdrawals from it. It took me a long time to be able to sleep properly again, but I did manage it and I was, um, I was done and uh, I haven't touched it since, which I'm really proud about. He also added that after he quit drinking, he began using nicotine patches, so he felt like he replaced one addiction with another. Regarding that, he said he's had to quit nicotine twice. With Felix saying something that really stood out to me as someone who used to be a kid with a parent that had an addiction problem, and you watch that parent try and get rid of the addiction, kick it, see how hard it is for them. That kind of felt like uh, almost losing a friend. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating, it's like, uh... Something that you used to rely on will no longer be there. And while he said, you know, I used to be embarrassed by this, he's talking about it now because he hopes that speaking out, you know, can help others feel more understood if they're going through a similar issue. And while obviously Felix's story involves general substance abuse, seemingly spiked by incredible controversies and anxiety, it's also important to note that a lot of people, including a lot of your favorite creators, just don't know how to deal with, with the YouTube thing. And I don't think it's just a them thing. I don't think human beings were built for it. With William Osmond this week putting out a video called I'm Done, I really think he put into words what a lot of creators feel and think. You know, a lot of people think that negativity is just something that comes with a job. You, 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 you get tough skin. And while yes, that's true, that one to 5% of people just shitting on you can ruin you. It's not the creative aspect of making videos. It's the judgmental and just, I, I don't know how to say this. Like it's, I feel like I live in a constant state of like criticism where I do something to entertain people and then there's always negativity that comes back. So it's like you put something out, negativity comes back. With Will also interviewing other creators for this, and it just sounds like everyone's got different coping mechanisms. Some have just abandoned the comments, some just realize, hey, I'm gonna get a thousand nice, five bad, those five are gonna, they're gonna mess with me. As well as one who was like, hey, yeah, I get the hate, but I just, I look at my bank account. And ultimately all I can really do to add to this conversation is someone that's been doing this for 15 years. I love saying that because it's so sad or amazing or sad is if you care about your audience and the reactions and the comments and stuff like that, 
it's gonna still hurt when you get dinged. But you can also try to limit it by trying to, to properly categorize those, those mean things. Right? Things like what is actual constructive criticism versus someone just being a fucking asshole and saying, hey, it's just constructive criticism. And it's also important to remember like the number of comments compared to the number of people who watch your shit is so drastically different. Will, if you happen to be watching this, even on this specific video, you have 1.88 million views, 34,000 comments, which, hey, is a ton of comments, but that number is nothing compared to the number of people who took the time to watch your content, to consume it. And as we've all seen, or maybe we've been guilty of, we're far more likely to sound off online if it's something negative. The negative shit that we let affect us is a small percentage of a small percentage. It doesn't make your feelings any less valid, but hopefully that can be like a coping mechanism or tool. But anyway, moving on. Then, as promised, we should talk about the updates regarding the shooting on the set of Russ. Or the core of the story being Alec Baldwin was rehearsing a scene that involved pointing a gun at the camera. Without knowing that it had a live round, it went off that accident, leaving cinematographer Helena Hutchins dead injuring director Joel Souza. And now some of the newest updates. You have a Santa Fe County Sheriff saying that investigators recovered 500 rounds of ammunition, some blank, some dummy rounds, and some possibly live rounds. With the focus here really being on how those live rounds made it to the set, with him saying they should not have been there. The Sheriff also talking about reports that alleged guns on set may have been used for recreational shooting. And while investigators have not yet confirmed this, they are still looking into it. We also got other updates regarding the set's armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed and assistant director Dave Halls, both of which were identified as the people on set who dealt with the guns, with Halls specifically allegedly telling Baldwin the gun was cold, meaning that it was safe. And regarding Halls, he is now reportedly admitted to investigators that he did not properly check the rounds in the gun before handing it to Baldwin. With an affidavit saying he advised he should have checked all of them but didn't, and he couldn't recall if Gutierrez Reed spun the drum for him to inspect, saying he remembered seeing only three rounds, but when he checked the gun after the shooting, he could see at least four dummy casings with the holes on the side and one without the hole. And notably, this comes as we had already seen reports of him disregarding safety on prior sets. There are also now allegations regarding Gutierrez Reed not taking safety seriously as well, with a rap reporting that there were complaints on a previous set that she worked on about her discharging weapons without warning allegedly infuriating actor Nicolas Cage. With a rap saying that after she had apparently fired a gun near the cast and crew for a second time in three days without a warning, Cage yelled at her, make an announcement, you just blew my fucking eardrums out, before walking off the set in rage. Also reportedly a crew member told the set's AD that she needed to be let go. Though on the other side of things here, you had a producer for that film denying those claims, saying that no one asked for her to be let go. So regarding that or, you know, the, the work history for either of those two, it'll be interesting to see if anyone else comes out of the woodwork. But all of that said, as far as what comes next, right, you have the Santa Fe District Attorney saying, this week that while the investigation is ongoing, it's too soon to discuss potential charges. But when that time comes, all options will be on the table. Also, well, you know, 90% of the time we talk about burnout, it's related to creators. It's everyone. For example, teachers in general, but also think about being a teacher during the pandemic. Like on top of already just doing the job of trying to make people who half of them don't want to learn stuff, learn stuff. You have to make sure the kids wear the mask, that they're washing their hands and not touching everyone. You're trying to keep yourself from getting sick. And just thinking about it kind of stresses me out. But I also think that's part of the reason why we're seeing these two school districts in Virginia in the news right now. Because in an effort to curb burnout, they're starting to end their classes early on certain days. The first district, Suffolk Public Schools, saying that starting November 10th and lasting through the end of the school year, it's going to dismiss school early every other Wednesday, with the district superintendent explaining the one goal during these early release dates is to give teachers back planning time. If the planning time is not there, the achievement will suffer, classroom management issues will go up. Regarding the second district, they voted to end classes two hours early on select Wednesdays for the next three months. The district superintendent there saying, our teachers are being asked to do more, to cover more, to cover cafeterias, to cover hallways, and to cover their colleagues' classrooms more so than they ever have before. They're not able to prepare for instruction. And all of that is coming as the district is short nearly 100 teachers 
teachers. And it's not like there's some weird outlier or exception. Even before the pandemic, there was a teacher shortage, but now it's grown far more noticeable. So one, yeah, I think it's important that we see solutions. We see at the very least band-aids and hopefully fixes come through, but also two, hey, it's not gonna solve their problem. But if you see a teacher, maybe say, Thank you. Remember during the pandemic, we were like, oh, teachers and nurses, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now it feels like every time we see a video of one of them, they're just getting yelled at. Then in not shocking in any way, if you think about it news, according to the FTC in 2020, smoking went up with 8 million more cigarettes being sold in 2020 compared to 2019. And my reaction is, yeah, I don't think anyone should smoke, but also do you remember 2020? Alcohol sales also went up last year. We were just trying to like fast forward through 2020 or just holding on for dear life. But in good news regarding cigarette sales, that appears to have just been a pandemic bump. Because according to Nielsen, in the four weeks before October 9th, cigarette sales were down 9.4% relative to the same period last year. Also, another fantastic numbers dropping news. In the last two weeks, we've seen a 20% drop in the number of COVID cases here in the US, with deaths going down 15% during that same time period, which is fantastic. It's still 1,400 people a day. But you know, in 2021, we take the wins however we can get them. But ultimately, that is where this story and today's show ends. Of course, I wanna hear from you, whether it be this last story, the first one, anything in between. Let me know your thoughts in those comments down below. But of course, where I have to leave you for now is my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you next time.